Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Dylan was, he was a revolutionary, man. The way that, the way that Elvis freed your body, Bob freed your mind. This is Bob Dylan, about man and God and law. Inside the museums, infinity goes up on trial. Voices echo, this is what salvation must be like after a while. Inside the museums, infinity goes up on trial. Voices echo, this must be what salvation is like after a while. Housed in my hometown of Cleveland, Ohio, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and Museum honors too few women and people of color and not enough artists working at the edges of popular music. Maybe Infinity really does go up on trial in a museum or hall of fame. But is there any salvation in any of that? This is episode two of season two of About Man and God and Law. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. This is the Little Dylan podcast that could, so much so that it inspired the book about man and God and law, The Spiritual Wisdom of Bob Dylan. It's an e-book for the holidays and in print, wherever books are sold, May 3rd, 2022. Find out more at mangodlaw.com. Today we're celebrating the release of Bob Dylan's Springtime in New York, a collection of outtakes, unreleased songs, and bootlegs from the first half of the 1980s. A lot of people have complained about the 1980s Dylan model, but fetching about tinny, overly compressed post-disco production, ignored masterpieces in a certain lyrical or musical laissez-faire missed the point of that or any year's model of Bob Dylan. If this is indeed one of Dylan's less beloved periods, The recordings from Springtime in New York provide not only Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and Museum going up on trial level tunes, they also explain why we love the Bootleg series so much. It's not only a moving musical statement about Dylan circa 1980 to 1985, but also narrates a career-spanning story of creation and curation showing how this artist works. And precisely what salvation sounds like after a while. This wasn't a failure of creativity, it was a failure of creation. 
So said Rolling Stone in its recent review of Springtime in New York. But what we have here is a failure to communicate. Rolling Stone should know better. It should know how this music feels, right? A failure to curate, failure to communicate. A close listen to one song alone from the collection proves this review is wrong. (laughs) New Danville Girl, would you please stand up? So here it is, folks. We are bootstrapping in episode two of season two of About Man and God and Law. Bootlegging. Bob Dylan's salvation goes up on trial. A very helpful website called DylanCords.com does a biblical documentary hypothesis style comparison of the lyrics of New Danville Girl, the second to last track on Springtime in New York, and Brownsville Girl, which was the official release of this tune, Unknocked Outloaded. Now the documentary hypothesis with antecedents going back hundreds of years blew the roof off of biblical scholarship in the second half of the 20th century. It proposed, using careful comparison of text traditions, that the Old Testament, or Hebrew Bible, was composed by multiple scribes from different traditions. Not Moses in a little hilltop village by the name of Sinai. The Bible was shown to be an amalgamation of texts, kind of like a bootleg And so it was that biblical infinity went up on trial in academia and in seminaries and houses of worship until today. We're doing some Dylan documentary hypothetical sleuthing here today as well, but the materials do not require ancient languages, spy glasses, a decoder ring, or even any particular article of faith. This is just about paying attention to the lyrics, which is what so much of Dylan listening is about anyways, isn't it? We have a previously hidden, now revealed text, New Danville Girl, the official text we know, Brownsville Girl, and then there's the truth bridging between the two. But before we get to the truth, whatever that is, What you're hearing in the background is Doc Boggs' version of the folk tune, Danville Girl. The folk song is a kind of source text, the way that folk, church, or blues idioms and narratives often are for rock and roll. As we have shown by referencing the teachings of Professor Christopher Ricks, one of the great Dylan scholars of any age, if it's the folk standard Lord Randall becoming a hard rains are going to fall, or the blues standard Rollin' and Tumblin' becoming Dylan's Rollin' and Tumblin', Dylan as curator, songwriter, or some say copycat thief lives by the fluid ethics of traditional music and poetry. Listen to episode two of the first season, The Art of Memory, to hear how there really is no original text in the flow of traditional poetic arts, rather. 
a mostly unbounded flow of expansion and interpretation. The Old Testament becomes the new, and so too Danville Girl becomes new Danville Girl. As an example, let's take a look at the Once Upon a Time that opens the song cycle of New Danville Girl. I wish I could remember that movie just a little bit better. All I remember about it was that it starred Gregory Peck. But Brownsville Girl goes like this. Well, there was this movie I seen one time about a man riding across the desert and it starred Gregory Peck. Now, there are subtle differences here, but what is shared is a meta, 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 meta text. A movie within a movie, within a song, within a song. And both versions star both Bob Dylan and Gregory Peck. But the narrator who puts all of this together is not sure if we should trust him or his memory of these things at all. The Dylan Shepard writing partnership makes this song even more cinematic than Dylan's already cinematic tendencies, especially when he places a song out west. But the cinematic song is a commentary upon an actual film, unnamed or forgotten by the not so reliable narrator. And layer upon this that the song that tells this tale is a quote unquote new version of the tune recorded by Doc Boggs and also Woody Guthrie. And what you have here is an epic over-communication. Multiple worlds, multiple works, slippery truths, and sloppy eyewitnesses. This is reason number one why the bootleg series is so fascinating. All of these layers, themes, and interpretations offer countless pathways to enjoy Dylan's process, his references, and his vision anew. That is Woody Guthrie's version of Danville Girl. In thinking about Dylan's teachers in season one, we spent a good bit of time on Guthrie. He was not the inspiration for the first dress-up game in Dylan's musical imagination. Surely Elvis and Little Richard inspired Dylan's nascent rocker cool before he became a folky with Woody's cap, boots, coat, harmonica, rack, and nasal twang. But white face, black face, a thin mustache, a cool hat, fake names, a wig. Dylan is commonly referred to as a man of many masks, and he is. But not necessarily, as the song goes, the one you had in mind.
wish I could remember that movie just a little bit better. All I remember about it was that it starred Gregory Peck. He was shot down in the back by a hungry kid trying to make a name for himself. Townspeople wanted to crush their kid down and string him up by the neck. Confessions of a Man of Many Masks play a key role in both the Danville and the Brownsville version of this song. In Brownsville Girl, Dylan sings something about that movie, though. Well, I just can't get it out of my head, but I can't remember why I was in it or what part it was supposed to play. All I remember about it was Gregory Peck and the way people moved. A lot of them seemed to be looking my way. In New Danville Girl, he says, I keep trying to remember that movie, though, and it does keep coming back, but I can't remember what part I played or who I was supposed to be. All I can remember about it is it's starring Gregory Peck, and he was in it, and everything he did in it reminded me of me. These are such wonderful and subtly different admissions of the confusion of wanting to be a unique individual and how art and faith or simple overwhelming circumstances result in a blurring of boundaries between he or she or you or it, which leaves our narrator in both versions at a loss. Maybe the song's namesake girl can show our hero who he really is. We've all made a few midnight calls to exes like that one, haven't we? <laughs> and then there's the last line, the kicker in that verse in Danville Girl, and everything he did in it reminded me of me. This line reminds me of the song Series of Dreams with which we ended episode four last season before the law. It's a reference in some sense to how perhaps in a Jungian mythic sense, how the most complex weave of threads of identity and so-called truth are kind of like a dream that each of us creates, and that this is what we perceive of as life. A kind of ether of that dream, a shadow puppet play, secondhand smoke. And this is this is a point we will return to philosophically shortly. So much more. In fact, maybe the most telling peek behind the veil of all of Dylan's song-making animus ever told lives in New Danville Girl. Maybe that's why this version of the song with this particular line remained hidden for so long. I've always been an emotional person, but this time it was asking too much, Dylan sings. If there's an original thought out there, I could use it right now. That line. I've always been an emotional person, but this time it was asking too much. When people complain about Dylan being cantankerous or laconic or twisted up by fame or what have you, I find it annoying. I find it annoying 
when people think they have any sense of what Dylan as a person has going on in his head or his heart. That's why I focus on the songs and assume nothing about the man. Sure, fame or genius at Dylan's level could level or inflate anyone's sense of self to monstrous, even intolerable proportions. And we will be taking on questions of Dylan and monsters in the next episode, A Halloween Hootenanny. But for me, the driver of Dylan's depths is right here on this line. Quote, I've always been an emotional person, but this time it was asking too much. End quote. How does it feel to feel so much that only making music or art, as we know he does, keeps you sane? The masks that we have referenced are ways for feeling feelings under cover. And the layers of the songs... The layers provide cover as well. Underneath the mask, be it living vicariously through the characters of Gregory Peck or Woody Guthrie, like the woman who animates this entire musical universe and testifies on his behalf at one point, is described. All of this hides Dylan crying real tears. reminds me of the story of Joseph in the Bible who meets his family after so many years of exile and isolation. He is gruff with them and then leaves the room to turn and weep, overwhelmed by emotion. This is a profound reveal about why Dylan is so expansive in his music. The expansion, the expansiveness is a way to cover or soothe emotion. Yet, another reason why listening closely to these Dylan bootlegs matter. I didn't know whether to duck or to run. Dylan and Philosophy and Why Bootlegs Matter 101, take 42 or 36. Plato's theory of forms holds that the physical world is not the real world at all. Reality exists beyond our physical world, and we can't perceive it. The forms, the forms are abstract and perfect. They are immutable and fixed. These are the concepts for which neither time nor space have any impact, but that's not what we see. Now let's go to Dylan's Neoplatonism by one more close look at these texts of song. In 1985, studio version of Brownsville Girl, he sings, you know... It's funny how things never turn out the way you had them planned. The only thing we knew for sure about Henry Porter is that his name wasn't Henry Porter. The only thing we knew for sure about Henry Porter is that his name wasn't Henry Porter is about as platonic, sophistic a statement as one could ask for in rock and roll. This is such a great line. It's a riddle that explains itself and nothing at the same time. The only truth is that we cannot know the truth. All the rest is commentary, especially when we are talking about something as unknowable as another human being, like the legendary Henry Porter. But there's more, always more. A look back at the new Danville Girl text goes even deeper into the sensibility of knowing, of knowing and illusion. Dylan sings, you know, it's funny how people just want to believe what's convenient. Nothing happens on purpose. It's an accident if it happens at all. 
And everything that's happening to us seems like it's happening without our consent, but we're busy talking back and forth to our shadows on an old stone wall. It's just incredible writing. Here's another platonic philosophical allegory, right there in the middle of this 11-minute rock and roll epic. It's the allegory of the cave from Plato, from Greek philosophy, how we live in darkness and can only handle the tiniest portion of the quote-unquote true light of creation and how indeed with all of our strength and senses and sensitivity the best we can see in life is us talking back and forth to our shadows on an old stone wall. This too, another incredible and heretofore hidden line that these bootlegs reveal. And everything that's happening to us seems like it's happening without our consent. Well, we're busy talking back and forth to our shadows on an old stone wall. New Danville Girl closes not with the gorgeous line about the story of the song having been formed long before the stars were torn down, as does Brownsville Girl, but rather with a final line that says, quote, that was a long time ago and it was made in the shade. More shadows, more hiding, more lost or mothballed recordings. More shame. I one time and I think I sat through it twice. I don't remember who I was or what part I played. All I remember about it, it was its timing, baby, pet. But that was a long time ago, and it was made in the shade. Dylan's narrator thinks he sat through this Gregory Peck movie he mentions twice. At least, so he says at the end of Brownsville Girl. It was something worth repeating that film, probably, if his memory serves him well, or if not. And it's a twice-lived life in a quadruply enmeshed meta-tale. Movie, movie, song, song. And all of it seen twice. It's a bootlegger's masterclass in philosophical truth wrapped up and undercover. More reason to listen to it again. Distance from sources enriches them. Repetition of sources and interpretations introduce new layers. Tracking the process of a great artist can stimulate fresh ways of experiencing beloved or even misunderstood work. Now, inside their own museum, not just the new one at the Bob Dylan Center in Tulsa, but the one in the ever-expanding archive of the mind that Dylan feeds, Dylan and his people have again proven that they are guilty in the trial of infinity. The giving of this music, it seems, never ends. The generosity of this music never ends. And if inside the museum, infinity goes up on trial, in the bootlegs, volume 16, Springtime in New York. Well, this is what both infinity and salvation sound like after a while.
This has been episode two of season two of About Man and God and Law, the spiritual wisdom of Bob Dylan. Find out about the book, special events, and more at mangodlaw.com. We invite you to follow and subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. It really helps the project grow. And we are proud to be a part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Go to pantheonpodcast.com for a whole new world of podcasts by and for people who love music, Elmo. In two weeks, look for episode three of season two of Bob Dylan Halloween Nanny. Until then, I'm Stephen Daniel Arnoff, your host. <laughs> Thanks for coming and see you soon. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.